Well, good morning, everyone. Some of you may be surprised to see me up here on this um, Sunday morning preaching, no more than me. And I'll tell you how it started. On um, New Year's Eve, I came here with my family, well, with my husband, and to be with my church family to see, um, you know, the new, the old year out and the new year in. And I remember worshipping and just thanking God and saying, thank you, Lord, for what you've done this year. And, you know, Lord, thank you that you're going to be in my life next year. And whatever happens, I will, you know, I know I'm with, you're with me. And I remember saying, Lord, you know, take me deeper. Just take me deeper. Take me out of my comfort zone. January the 1st, um, I text um, Seb, something to do with the um, hospitality rotor. And he texts back, I've sent you an email, Anna. Have you seen the preaching rotor? And I said, oh, great, yeah, put me down every other week. Uh, you know, thinking that he was just having a laugh. And, and um, then I looked at the preaching rotor and he had put me down to preach. And I went, no, God. I know I said I want to come out of my comfort zone. I know I said um, I want to go deeper, but not this, Lord. You know, no, 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 no. But here I am. Because if, I, if you ask God for something um, and you don't do it, then you shouldn't ask. So the moral of the story is, if you don't want to get it, don't ask. Um, but, you know, I saw what um, Seb had asked me to talk about and... The truth is, I have been in many small groups and many, um, yeah, prayer groups. So I thought, well, yeah, I'll just, Seb said, you know, just share your story, Anna. So here I am to share my story and my um, 35 years of knowing the Lord. So um, I don't know about you. I'm quite a visual sort of person. I... I, you know, when I read a book, I'm the heroine of that, of that book. You know, whatever she's doing, I'm doing. Um, and when I read the Bible, I'm normally in the crowd. So I'm in the crowd where the boy is handing over these fishes and his loaves. I, I'm really, I can see it. I'm in the crowd waiting to get my bit of fish. Um, I'm in the crowd where I'm watching the woman sort of like trying to get through and, and try and touch. Jesus's hem so that she could be healed. So when I read, when I look at this passage and it says, you know, consider how we can spur uh, towards love and in good deeds and to meet together and to have fellowship together, I not only can visualize it, I can, you know, really speak from the heart because I've lived it. So I'll start from the beginning. <coughs> And um, 35 years ago, um, I had a friend. I was a hairdresser uh, then. And um, I had a, a client that used to come, and um, I used to cut her hair. And she was a Christian, and she used to say to me, Anna, there's something going on at my church. Would you like to come? And I used to decline um, with very lame excuses. I used to say, I'm washing my hair or doing something. 
but I'd never wanted to, I never ever accepted. And then um, one day she came, Anna, and she said, Anna, I really would love you to come to this conference that is happening at Earl's Court. There's a great speaker coming from America. And um, I'd really love you to come. And his name is Billy Graham, and he's, he's fabulous. And, you know, please would you come? And I found myself saying yes. And you know when you say yes, but you really mean no, but you said yes, so now you have to fulfill what you've done. And in that week of, um, you know, getting ready to go, I, I kept thinking, should I just phone her and say I'm not feeling that well? Or, But there was another dilemma. What does one wear to go to a Christian conference? I mean, you know, really... I didn't know what to wear. And that was a huge dilemma for me because the only people I had to gauge Christians from was the people on Songs of Praise. And and everyone dressed like a, someone's grandmother. And I didn't have grandmother clothes at that time. And so I, you know, searched and found some sensible clothes and off I went with her, not really knowing what to expect, certainly not knowing where this journey was going to take me. Um, so there I was, looking like someone's grandmother with people that didn't look like grandmothers um, because they dressed in jeans and tops like normal young people do. Um, and um, I sat there and I was amazed at the amount of people that turned up to watch this Billy Graham. And then I thought, well, maybe it's Cliff Richard they've come to see because he was doing some singing. But... Um, there I was, sitting there, and I really cannot tell you, honestly, what Billy Graham said. I really don't know. But what I can tell you is that something ignited inside of me. Something that I wasn't expecting. Something that I wasn't prepared for. And I just knew that what he was saying was the truth. What he was talking about was real. And I did not want to miss out. So I found myself going forward. I asked Jesus into my life. And um, that was my beginning. Um, soon after that, I was invited to um, a group. Um, and um, it was you know, set up for us that had just given our lives to the Lord. And all I can say was they, they were really great people. They, they took us on a journey where they tried to help us understand what sin was at first and that we needed to, you know, repent of our sins. And I remember thinking, well, I haven't murdered anyone. I haven't robbed a bank. I, I don't really need to confess any sins. And then they unpacked, you know, that actually if you have bad thoughts about people, you know, that is a sin. If you gossip, that's a sin. I thought, oh, dear. <laughs> I, need a, I need a savior. I need to start repenting, and I need to ask God for forgiveness. And so that journey was a great journey. It was a foundational journey. Um, we were. I was in a group with this guy that was a scientist. He'd just given his life, and, you know, he used to sort of like, bring science into 
um, the Bible. I used to, I mean, science. When I walked in at a, a science class at school, it was like my brain automatically went Dung! off because I just didn't get it. I don't get chemistry, I don't get biology, I just don't get it. And it just automatically went off. So to be in a, in a group of people where he just kept talking about science in the Bible, but you know what? I loved it because I could really see how scientific God was and how amazing that he put the stars in the sky and that he made the earth. And, and you know, that was, I'd never ever thought of that before. And, um, he would look at me, so like, well, why haven't you sort of thought of that before? And I'd, I'd say something really deep, like, you know, God must have been really tough on Mary sitting on a donkey going all the way to Bethlehem. You know, real deep stuff like that. But he, he didn't, he didn't ever think of things like that because he was so scientific that he never even considered how uncomfortable Mary would be. Um, so we thought, he would look at me and say, I never thought of that, Anna. And, and I, of course, I never thought of what he was saying. So God was really, um, I can see how God really used us in each other's lives to just bring what we had. So if ever you think that you've got nothing to bring, you know, believe me, you can just bring yourself and God will use you in, in any way. Um, <clears throat> so that, you know, that lasted for about a year and then they um, started filtering us into other groups so that we would grow and get deeper, deeper into our, our understanding of the Bible. And within that five years, I'd done a few different, different, um, you know, small groups and had grown in understanding how to be gracious and loving and growing, not completed, but grew a little bit. Um, but one of the, one of the times, see, I, I was going to a Baptist church, um, which was great foundational, um, teaching. But um, they believed in God, and they believed in Jesus, and they believed in the Holy Spirit, but that the Holy Spirit was not active in the way that he was in the beginning. So they never really introduced us to who the Spirit of God was. Um, one day I was in a group, and it was uh, we were all mums, and we were... Um, dropping off our kids at preschool, going to our small group and having, you know, coffee, tea and a little bit of scripture. And um, then the lady that would lead it would pick someone to pray at the end. And I remember thinking, please don't pick me. Please don't pick me. I don't know how to pray. I don't know what to say. Please don't pick me. But every week she would pick someone new um, that wouldn't do it. And one day this girl came along. We didn't know her. She was someone's guest. She came along and at the end um, we said, uh, does anyone need prayer for something? And this girl said, 
yes, I'm pregnant. I've just had a scan. And the baby has shown that there is going to be lots of deformities. And my the, the advice is for me to have the baby terminated. Now, I can't really explain what happened that day. But the compassion that was in that room, the compassion of her emotions and what she had said, I just was overwhelmed. And I think we were all overwhelmed. And something happened. Now, we were all girls that didn't want to pray. We started praying. We, I found myself on my knees, by her side, my hands on her tummy, and praying. Now, we're talking about never seen anyone laying hands before, so it was nothing that I'd seen or witnessed. But there I was, just praying my heart out, literally just something happened in that room. We all changed that day. And, you know, we didn't know what happened for a while. We didn't know because she went off to wherever she lived. And we didn't know whether she did go through with termination or whether she cried out. Because, you know, her parents were both in the medical profession and they asked her to, go, to have the baby terminated. They didn't want her to have the baby either. Roll on a year later, I was walking through the Broadway in Muswell Hill and I saw this girl coming towards me with a pram. And at first, you know when you don't know who that person is and you just say, I know that person, but where do I know her from? And then suddenly it clicked. And she said, hi, Anna. And I went, you had the baby. And, you know, you're a bit frightened to look in because you're not quite sure, you know, what you're going to see. And she said, yes, and she's perfect. You see, even though we didn't know what to do, even though we didn't, we didn't know that the Holy Spirit worked, God knew. God knew he wanted her there, and God knew that he was going to heal that baby that day. And and that's, you know, if I didn't go to these little groups, I would never have experienced that. I would never have experienced um, that miracle. God was gracious to use us because we really didn't know what we were doing, so it really was all God. Um, then I was invited to an alpha um, I went to an alpha group at St. Barnabas where I was introduced to the Holy Spirit and I was introduced to a living God that works today, that wanted to be my friend, that wanted to have a relationship with me. And I realized that, you know, even though I was brought up in a Greek Orthodox um, faith, that 
and I was a Christian, that actually I didn't have a real relationship with the living God. And the fact that he wanted to have a relationship with me was awesome. <laughs> Still don't quite get it, but it is awesome, isn't it, that he wants to have a relationship with us. Um, so I moved on from the Baptist church to um, uh, St. Barnabas. And the group that I was with in, in St. Barnabas, our Alpha group, became a home group. Um, and believe it or not, we were a home group for 18 years together. Um, we laughed together, we cried together, we celebrated together, we went on journeys of, you know, supporting one another and um, just being there for one another. And I've, I value that so much. And I, I just can't encourage you enough to, if you've never been in part of a, a small group, the joy of being able to not only receive, but to give and to um, just be part of people's lives and for them to be part of our, our lives. Um, it's just awesome. So, yeah, but, you know, it didn't just stay a little holy huddle. We did, you know, in, invite other people. And I remember one day my friend Dula said to me, I've invited this guy to join our home group. And I thought, oh, no. I'd just been on an alpha with him. And he's a nightmare. He's, he just, he, you know, he would disrupt and dis, you know, sort of like everything you said, he would challenge. And I thought, oh no. I said, why did you invite him? She said, well, he was sitting next to me in church, so I invited him. And I just thought, okay. But you know, that guy, that guy stayed. He went to the Alpha because he wanted to challenge. He went to the Alpha because he didn't get Christians. He went to the Alpha because I just think he just wanted to be, yeah, disrupt. Um, and I thought, he's just going to come to home group and he's just going to do exactly the same thing. But he saw something in us. And he said he stayed because he saw genuine love. He saw us caring and sharing and loving one another. And, you know, that is what we should be like, isn't it? Isn't that right? We should just show who Jesus is in our life and then others will be attracted to that. And that's what he saw. And to this day, I really don't know if he made a commitment. I really don't. But he stayed with us the whole time. And we still see him and we still go on, on walking weekends with him and we still have fellowship with him. He's a bit of a pick and mix guy. He has a bit of Buddhism, a bit of this and a bit of that. But he still wants to be our friend. And who knows what God is doing in his life. We're not judging him. We're just loving him. We're just accepting him. And the rest is up to God. You know? And then, and then the big then, we were asked if we wanted to be part of this um, journey at Oakley. My husband said, no way. I'm not leaving St. Barnabas. We've got two kids. Um, I'm not going to uproot and come and start a church that we don't know anything about. 
You know, everything inside me wanted to come. Everything inside me wanted to be part of this journey here. I really don't know why. Because when we came to have this meeting with Mike, Mike said, it's going to be rough. We don't know what we're doing. You're, you, you know, you're going to, you know, have people laugh at you. Da, 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 da. I mean, he painted the worst picture you could paint for not to come. And Mark said, well, we're not going. And I, I, and I just said, please, can we go? And he said, no. And even though I tried everything I knew to convince him to come here, he still kept saying no. Until one day, I said to God, okay, Lord, I can't come because Mark won't come. And so I submit and say, okay, it's not for us. That day, Mark came home and um, said, you know what, maybe we'll give it a go. Maybe we'll just try it out. And that was a lesson, lesson on submission, you know, because I was trying my best to win him over and all I had to do was ask God and he, would, he did the rest. And you know what, when we came, that was another small group because only 16 of us, and, and we met together, um, usually at my place, because I was the one, only one with children. We'd share food and pray. And at one point, we thought of changing the name from, we ate so much, we thought we'd change the name from o Oakley Community Church to Oakley Obesity Church, because all we did was eat. Um, which is great, you know, because that is what G Jesus says that when he first, when he's, I mean, that is his um, way of showing us how to be um, disciples. He used to meet in people's houses and eat with them. And that's the model he gave us. He gave us that model of getting together, sharing food and sharing him. And that's what we did. And as a small group, Honor's not here today. Honor, you here? Hi, Honor. Honor was like a great, sturdy, foundational person that kept us going. Um, she just um, always stuck to her and her husband stuck to the word. Her lovely husband um, had, a, had a vision while we were praying that the you know that this church will be filled with children one day, and you know we only had my two boys, and look what we are now, where we are now. You know we've got all these children and the youths that go out. It's amazing, and you know we need to follow what Jesus is is showing us, don't we? We need to have um, fellowship with one another and share our lives with one another and help one another. That's what he wants from us. That's what he desires. And, and you know, for the first 350 years of church, that's what they did. They met in homes or small gatherings. They just met together and shared Jesus. And even though, I mean, how great was the worship today? How amazing was it? I mean, there's nothing nicer than being together on a Sunday morning and, and worshipping together and, and giving thanks to our living God. 
but there is something in sharing and being together as as a small family because you can't get to know everybody on a Sunday as lovely as it is so I wonder if Jesus is asking us to sort of blend it you know there are small groups that are going hopefully we'll have more and more people will be encouraged to to join and share in that journey and fellowship there's a story in the Bible about Mary and Martha for those of you that don't know it, it's uh, two sisters, <clears throat> and one day Jesus, on his travels, decides, "Oh, let's just stop up at their, their their house and, you know, have a bite to eat, maybe have a rest." <clears throat> and um, they knock on their door, and they open the door, and Martha. You know, just think about it. Jesus knocks on your door. You open the door, and there's Jesus with his 12 mates that have come in. And I'm a Martha all day long. I would go straight in the kitchen, start cooking, start thinking, you know, have I got enough flour to make the flatbreads or whatever? I That's me. I'm a Martha. Mary, she just lets her sister get on with it and goes and sits and listens to Jesus. Now, I know that I would be a bit like Mary, like, where are you, Martha? Where are you, Mary? I need some help here. Come and, you know, peel the potatoes. Come and do something. I would be a bit like Martha. And she asked Jesus, she said, Jesus, you know, um, can you tell Mary to come and help me? You know, I need some help here. And he said to her, you know, Mary's got the right thing. She's doing the right thing. She's listening to me. Um, and I sort of think, well, I used to, you know, get a little bit peeved with the fact that Jesus, you know, didn't consider Martha's feelings. Um, but I don't think... He was having a, a, you know, telling her that she shouldn't cook or that she shouldn't prepare a meal or that she shouldn't be doing what she's doing because he truly, he'd gifted, God had gifted her with that hospitality. I think he was saying, you know, have a better attitude. If you're going to cook for us, if you're going to be hospitable, have a hospitable mindset. Love the fact that you're, you're going to, cook for us love the fact that you're gonna that you've opened your door and you want to feed us love the fact that you have the opportunity to serve and i really hope that we can take that and understand that when we are serving the community when we are offering lunch the salsa night, the breakfast, whatever we're doing, is that we're doing it because we love one another and we want to serve one another and we want to care for one another. And whatever little you've got, God uses it. You know, you don't have to be a great cook. I couldn't boil an egg when I first got married. If you don't believe me, ask Mark. I really could not boil an egg. But I love 
I loved learning and I loved cooking. Um, <laughs> what, you, <laughs> what are you laughing at, Tony? <laughs> um, you know, we can learn. Anything, you know, if we want to be taught, we can learn. So, I've lost my thread now, Tony. <laughs> um, now, you know, uh, we can, I've really lost my thread. Let me just, let me just, uh, let me just check. Oh, I'm nearly there. You'd be glad to know. I've done about 30 years. <clears throat> um, so we came uh, here and we uh, were part of this small group uh, of followers just loving and praying to God that he would use us in whatever way he wanted to use us. Um, and there, we had small groups once we started growing. And Christine, who is sitting here in front, she does, I'm not sure she knows this, but she was a mother of three young girls. And she couldn't really come to home groups in the evening. So I thought, right, I'll set something up for her but not tell her, I'll just say that I'm just going to start a home group in the afternoon. I thought she can sort of come and then go and pick up her girls. So I set this home group up and invited her. Uh, and she said, yeah, I'll come. And for the first two, she didn't <laughs> because her washing machine broke. Do you remember? Her washing machine broke and I think one of the kids was sick one week and I was thinking, you know, Lord, I've set this up for her. You know, to stop. Stop throwing spanners, you know, devil, stop the devil from throwing spanners. And, and she came and she, I remember her saying, these are real people in the Bible. I'd never ever considered that, that they're real people. And you know, look at her now. She's here blessing us with her beautiful voice and, and worshiping uh, for us. So, you know, sometimes we, when we love, we need to set up. We have to be intentional. We can't just sit back and sort of think, oh, someone else will do it. Someone else will start a home group. Someone else will, you know, invite that person. If God has asked you to do something, do it. Be intentional. So, really... In a way, we have to ask ourselves, what part of the journey are we on? Are we at the beginning of our journey where we need people who have been on that journey to help us grow? Are we at the stage where we can have a home group, um, invite people to our houses and offer some hospitality? Uh, to them and just love them and accept them? Are we at that stage where, you know, we can, um, you know, help at an alpha, help women like me when I was a mom um, grow in confidence, grow in understanding what prayer is all about? Where, where are we? Where are you? You know, you are always somewhere. If you're on a journey with Jesus, then you're on a journey and he wants to use you.
and you have always got something to give. You know, he hasn't called you to just sit and be comfortable. He's called us all to just offer what we've got. And he'll do the rest. Believe me, he'll do the rest. I'm standing here as living testimony to that. Are you like Colin and Shalene who opens their house and invites the youth in um, and offers their home for them to just chill out and just uh, give them what they need at that time in their lives? You know, just we might feel like... Um, square pegs trying to fit in a round hole but we have a God that changes the shape he changes us he changes us to fit we don't have to feel like a fish out of water we don't have to feel that we're not equipped because he's the one that equips us Michael can I just have that last um Slide up, please. So, the Lord says, My command is this love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. You see, he didn't say try loving the person that's, you know, your friend. That's easy. He didn't say, you know, only love those that, you know, love you. That's easy. He gives us a command to love one another. And you know what? It's not easy. Some people hurt us. Some people have... Um, abused us, some people have slandered us, whatever it is, not everyone is kind to us. And God doesn't ask us to be doormats to those people, but he does ask us to love us. And we can do that from a distance. We can, we can pray for them. We can um, ask God to deal with whatever um, we feel that they may need. You can love from a distance but you can also love closely and just love one another as best as we can because that's what Jesus commands us to do. Phew. Amen. <laughs> Thank you. You're very gracious. Thank you. I'm just, I'm just going to pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Lord, for this time. Thank you, Lord, that you are a gracious and loving God. Thank you, Lord, that it's not about us, but it's about you. So help us, Lord, to, to just be who you've created us to be. Mold us and shape us. And most of all, help us to love one another. Amen. We're just going to finish off with a song that I think just sums it up. I'm not going to sing, don't worry. <laughs> don't panic.